Welcome to Change Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. I'm your host, First Class Life Mentor and Certified Profiting from Your Passions Coach, Kate Fessler. My guest today is Karen Lynn Marr. Karen is a top authority on mentoring CEO leaders through the self-publishing process. She's founder and CEO of Legacy One Executive Communications, a Seattle-based leadership communications firm. Legacy One clients emerge as thought leaders by writing books, articles, white papers, blogs, and letters aimed at serving their target audiences. From concept to completion, Karen leads C-level executives and other subject matter experts to produce compelling content, garnering them and their businesses broad visibility, credibility, and access to their perfect clients. Backed by 15 years as a corporate communications manager and as a college and university writing instructor, she has directed the writing of more than 60 executive-level authors. Clients hone their professional point of view and put it out into the world with strength and clarity to increase business opportunities. A skilled, entertaining, and accessible speaker, she has presented at prestigious organizations and serves as a content and communications expert on conference panels. Karen is author of Expert Book, Planning Made Simple, The Best Ever Guide to Writing Your Book, and co-author of Expert Book, Marketing Made Simple, Publicizing and Promoting Your Book. She serves on the Seattle University Alumni Board of Governors and is a member of Rotary International. She earned her BA in English Creative Writing from Seattle University, studied management from the University of Washington Business School, and is certified in Negotiation and Mediation from Antioch University. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you with me today. So let's start back at the beginning. You had a career in corporate communications. How did you get started and what was that like for you? Wow, that has to go back a ways. <laughs> How fun <laughs> to think about it. So I, I fell into it, actually. Um, it wasn't planned. I worked for a healthcare organization. Um, and I was actually working in their hospital, like in a, uh, the admitting office of a hospital for um, group health, a health maintenance organization here in Seattle. And it was, I, I wanted to get a promotion and do a different job and I wanted to do something around writing. So I applied for, for a new position and got the job. And it was working a lot. It was in the board of trustees office, which is all about writing the communications part of the organization and working with CEOs and board members. And it was all about writing on their behalf and writing things that were specifically for the members of that organization. So I fell into it haphazardly, really. Hmm. So did you get to exercise your creativity and the creative writing <laughs> aspect of that? Not really, but what I, you know, I've always been a writer ever since I was a kid. I, everything um, I did to like sort out what, when I was confused and what I was thinking. And, and I, as an elementary school, I remember writing some plays and, you know, so writing was always in my life, and I helped publish a magazine in my early 20s. And so it, 
what I got to learn in that corporate setting really was about how to write professionally on behalf of other people and how to organize information in the corporate world. No, it wasn't very creative in terms of, you know, how, what you would think about telling a story, that kind of thing. But I learned how to write succinctly and for a very specific audience. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really important, too. Yes. So, um so you've taught, actually, college and university writing. So yeah. thinking back to your your days in corporate communications and, and what you probably were learning and teaching, you know, back when you were first starting out, how has that changed over time? So how has the evolution of technology changed, not just the way people consume information, but in turn, how things are now probably written and how you would teach people to write? for that audience? Great question. Well, first of all, when I first started doing this, it was about the year 2000, self-publishing was still kind of looked upon as kind of the lesser, like only people who couldn't write would self-publish, that it, it wasn't well respected. And now it's very well respected, and actually it's the best way for most people who want to write a book to have their works published. So, And, and that is all about the technology that's available to us now, the you know, computers and software, and also the publishing technology, technology through Amazon and some other other um, ways to get your book avail- make your book available to other people. But in terms of the specific writing, one of the over time, what technology has has helped us be able to hone is you know people are busy. They have all kinds of different technologies, and we've had to learn to write more succinctly and to a very specific audience, knowing what that audience wants and needs so that we can address their concerns and help them answer the questions, solve the problems that they have. So, of course, technology helps us understand who our audience is, and it also gives us the the writing tools to make make that happen. Mm So... How long I have you... one other, I have one other thought too. Oh sure, As, go ahead. So one of the ways the the people that I work with many of them have to say, well, I'm a speaker, I don't write very well. So mm. oftentimes for those people how they will capture the information for their book is to record it. And we all have phones that have recording devices built right into them now as opposed to using, you know, a cassette recording. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So they, I have them talk the, the content of their book. We can now get that transcribed and use that as the foundation for getting a, a book written. That's one example of how technology has made it easier for people to capture the content that they carry around in their heads. Yeah. Well, and that's a really good point because... I think also uh, from what I've noticed and from, uh, you know, I took writing classes in school and, um, and, and 
wrote in a business context for a long time that was much more formal. And there mm-hmm. used to be a big difference between the way people spoke and the way they write. And I know now, really, the advice is to write the way you speak, because yeah. it's really just another form of speaking to people, right? Absolutely. And we, people, it's it's easier to read and it's more fun to read and people comprehend it better. There were, used to be this way of like, there, like there was formalities and the, the writing sounded formal and kind of stiff. And, and now it's easier to read and people capture the information better if it's more conversational. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. And, and, you know, informally, I've talked with people for years about if only they would write textbooks like, you know, <laughs> literary fiction or, you know, I used to read historical fiction, which I loved yeah. because all of the historical pieces were accurate, right? So I could learn from that, but they put it in the context of this fascinating story about probably, you know, mostly fictitious characters or or kind of a mixture of both. But you would remember better than just reading like in 1892, you know, whatever (laughs) is in the textbook. And it's a completely different, you know, I think it accesses a different party of your brain. Absolutely. And you can remember the story and you can relate to the story. Mm-hmm. So storytelling, definitely a way of writing that reaches people effectively versus just giving the facts and figures. Yep. Again, it goes back to that basic college and, and even high school um, professors and teachers saying, show me, don't tell me. Right. <laughs> You remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have the right answer. You got to show your work, right? Uh Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what what made you leave your career in corporate communications? And what was the catalyst for starting your business? Great story. Um, So I started to get kind of antsy about the work. I remember one, one day coming in to the office downtown Seattle and I, you know, walked the same route to the, from the front door to the elevator. And I thought, how long am I going to do this? (laughs) How long am I going to make this walk and do this? And it started me thinking, and I don't know. So it was about two years later that I actually left that, that job. And I, I started to feel like I was, kind of a barrier to some creativity that needed to happen in the organization. And that I was like old school, you know, and, and I was a manager at that point. And so I was just starting to notice that. And, and at the time I was dating somebody and we were talking about getting married and we decided to do, to do that, to get married. And, take a trip along we wanted to go on a long-term trip and I thought well maybe I should take a sabbatical and the more I went and kind of pondered that that whole question I decided to leave and just quit the job and and let what come was to come next unfold for me and that's exactly what I did so I like to tell people I got a better offer 
Yeah, no kidding. So just to digress a little bit, tell me about that trip. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we started with this grandiose idea that we would take a trip around the world. And um, so what happened, we, my my husband had been in the Peace Corps 20 years earlier, and we started off going to Honduras um, because that was where he was had been had been so we spent like three I think it was three months in traveling around Honduras diet doing some diving and just wandering around that country and one thing we wanted to do specifically was go back to the school where he was a teacher it was a school for the blind and he was the choral director for that school so we visited that and so that's where we started this travel and we end, we ended up cutting that a little bit short because he had a diving accident. So we had to oh, come no. back and have some surgery and he's good. Um, you know, it's all turned out. Okay. So what, what, and then we came back and noticed that his mom needed some help. And so things, the whole traveling issue kind of changed a little bit. So we, helped her and then we took jaunts every for the next few years we would go on you know jaunts to different places as opposed to this big long like year-long um traveling so we've just kind of over time done the kind of traveling that that we wanted to do and it just looked different than what we thought at the moment but what happened in that traveling is I decided that I needed and wanted to go back and finish my bachelor's degree. It was Mm -hmm. an incomplete for me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I went to um, Seattle University studying English creative writing. And when I, and it was awesome to to go there. It was a, a great school. And one of the classes that really struck me was a spiritual autobiography class and I always had been interested in helping people write about their lives and thought well how can I make a living doing that and just I'm intrigued with people's life story and you know what they have to share as as a legacy you know which influenced the name of my company later on so Mm -hmm. I graduated, and the last thing I wanted to do was go back into a corporate environment. I'd been out for like four years, and I, and my husband had always been an entrepreneur and had his own business, and I just decided that I was going to give it a shot. And one of the things I did was go to a business, um, a, a business plan writing workshop at Seattle University, and with all the support I got there, I decided that I was going to give this a shot. And in 2001, it was January the 8th, 2001, <laughs> I opened my business. And I love to tell the story of that day. I had one thing on my calendar that day, and it was to have lunch with a professor because it would. It was just about a month earlier that I'd graduated. And it was pouring down rain in Seattle, had lunch with him, came back to my office in my home, and just sat down at my desk and burst into tears. Oh. <laughs> it was like I didn't have a clue what to do. You know, I had this business plan, and, and it all evolved 
from that. I knew that I had this passion for helping people learn how to write, but I had no business acumen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I set up on a journey to learn about business by reading, by talking to people, but I joined a networking organization where I had to go every single week and talk about what I was doing, talk to people. You know, I got some mentorship. So that's what put all of this in in motion and how I now for the last 16 years have been helping people write about their lives, but also write about four years ago, I got very clear because of how people were coming to me saying, I need to write about my expertise. I, I want to be a speaker. I want, I'm being asked for a book about what I do. And so I listened to the marketplace and sorted out how to respond and now have a pretty awesome process to help people get clear about what it is they want to write and a plan for getting it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you touched on some really important themes there. Um, the first one, of course, is is figuring out what you want to do from the perspective of what do you want to do, right? Not mm-hmm. where are the jobs and not where, how can right. I make the most money, right? But what is it that I feel really compelled to do and to offer to the world? Yeah. But then... You know, in addition to this is my passion, you also have to learn, well, what does that mean in the marketplace, right? And so um, I think a lot of people, and I know I did, and I know that, you know, that's something that I help clients with because there wasn't anybody there really to help me with is that, especially if you've been an employee forever, you have Mm -hmm. no idea. You might have a business plan. You might have all of all of the you know techniques that you need but when you sit down you're just like oh no now what right <laughs> right, right <laughs> and exactly. often burst into tears because it's so overwhelming and you're thinking i don't know if i can do this right yeah exactly um, and it's like establishing a business is like writing a book in that we you have to know your audience and who you're speaking to, you know, who you're offering your services to, who you're writing to, or there's, or you have nothing. And, and do they want it? Right. You know, does, does the marketplace want what I have to offer? And usually it does. We just got to sort out how do we talk about it in a way that it resonates and captures the attention of the people. Yes. Well, and then you have to listen to what people are saying to you, right? Like you said, people were coming to you and saying, I need this. And so you thought, huh, (laughs) well, I can do that, right? And it totally fits within my mission (laughs) and my passion and what I feel like I'm here to do. And Mm -hmm. so you kind of, you know, moved in the direction that you were guided by the people who were giving you feedback, right? And that's important, too. Yes, and as you know, the marketplace will drive a business. You know, we have to respond to the marketplace or we don't make any money. We don't sell to anything. If, it, if it's not wanted, we, you know, we, won't, we will sit here and think we have the greatest thing to offer, but if people don't want it, right, we won't, then we won't to, move then... forward. 
Exactly. Well, you know, Barbara Winter, who's one of the pioneers of the um, making a living without a job movement, has said oh. <laughs> that um, the business you end up with is not the business you start out with. And I think that's yeah. probably true for most people is that, you know, you start out on the path at least though, right? And and the whole, you, you can't course correct unless you're moving, right? Right, <laughs> so exactly. You right. don't have to know what that end business is, but you just have to get started and move in the direction yeah. that you feel is the right one and then let let the feedback that you're getting guide you in the right direction. Definitely, definitely. So speaking of guiding, you have directed the writing of more than 60 executive level authors. Can you yeah. give us an example or two of the types of things they've written and why? Like, was there a business outcome they were seeking? Was it for personal fulfillment? What was their motivation? Were people telling them you need to write this book or was it internally motivated? All of the above. And I can give examples. So most everybody, there's an internal desire that's driving them. They, they want to write something and, and for a while have want, wanted to write. Um, if somebody's writing a memoir or life story, that's a, a call to share about their life and the learning. And, and there's usually something driving them to they want people to, they've experienced something that they want to pass on to oftentimes their, the next generation in their own family or in the business setting, people coming up the ranks and share about the learning that they have, have had and mentor other people really mm -hmm. is, is a motivation. A lot of people that I, I would say the majority of the people I work with want to establish their expertise as a thought leader in a certain subject area or field uh, industry and be um, known as the credible expert in a subject matter. And writing a book is um, really the go-to way to establish that these days. Now, that wasn't true when I first started doing this back in the early 2000s. But again, technology and publishing forums have made it a very accessible thing to do to write a book and have it published and make it available to a lot of people. So I think I answered your question. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, we've got to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, should you write a book? How to determine whether and how to take your message to a wider audience? Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything. 
and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler, and my guest today is Karen Lynn Marr of Legacy One Executive Communications. Karen, there's a lot of talk these days that every business person should write a book. Is that true? <laughs> I, my answer to that is every business person who wants to write a book should write a book. If you don't want to write a book, I don't see why you would um, go through the process of and the expenditure of time, energy, and money to do it because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And you have to want to do it to have the commitment to get through that process. Yeah, good point. So how would someone figure out if writing a book is right for them? Like, what are the questions to ask yourself if you think you might want or need to do this? Okay. I would, a a couple of things. I would say, do I have a compelling desire to write a book? And if I do, I would encourage people to explore that. Why do they want to write a book? What do they want? What's the purpose? What do they want to have happen as a result of, again, spending the time, energy, and money to get the project done? What's the result they want? Do they want to enhance their credibility, establish themselves as a thought leader, leave a legacy? What is it that they want to have happen? Because when you start to answer that question, you also start to develop your marketing plan for how to reach your audience. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is, what do I know? I I would ask to have people answer the question, what do I know about my audience and the people who want to read my book and what are they asking me for? So how, am, how can I respond to the need of my audience? So what if you don't have an audience or you don't know who your audience is, but you have kind of an idea of something that you really feel like a message that you want to share? Mm-hmm. So I, I get, I spend some time getting clear about what that message is, and again, search internally about what, what's my purpose, what's underlying reason to share this message, and I would then encourage people to go out and test it, find out who the audience, who wants to buy the book. I would go, I would encourage them. So who do you think might be interested in this book? Interview them. Have a focus group. Ask them, test the idea, and listen then to what they have to say because probably they will help you hone that message and get clear about how it is you can help them. Mm, great advice. I, I, I never want to help somebody write a book if they aren't crystal clear about their, um, about their audience or, I can't, it, or we'll work together to get that crystal, that clarity. 
Yeah, I think you need to um, know who you're writing to exactly because you mm -hmm. need to speak to them in a language that they understand, right? Exactly. And give them the information that will help them solve a problem, fulfill a need. When people say, well, my book is for everybody, I say, okay, that's a red flag. Everybody <laughs> right. isn't going to read your book. And it may be useful information for every person on the planet, but we need to target a specific audience when it comes time to selling that book. So yeah, I, I heard it, it called the other day. Mm -hmm. We were having a conversation about, uh, you know, your ideal client, and someone called it, it's your customer avatar. Yes, I guess exactly. that's new computer speak, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So. so once you've decided that you want to do it, you have all mm -hmm. of that. I, I know why I want to do it. I know what my message is. I know who I'm writing to. I'm, I'm committed uh, to putting in the time, effort, and money to getting this message out. Is it just a matter of just write it, or is there more to it than that? There's more to it than that. And through, I would say it was about two years into my exploration of, you know, how I was going to help people write um, their books. I just got very clear that what most people do is sit down at the computer and start writing their book. And then they, you know, a, a day or so later, they quit. <laughs> because <laughs> what, they what they don't have is a plan for getting the, the book done. And um, what I've ended up created was a planning process, which I feel is critical to the success of a book project, of walking through exercises to, again, get clear about the purpose, what you want to have happen, the audience, your message, how you support your the message in all the chapters, and what you're then also doing in going through the planning process is setting a foundation, again, for the marketing plan later on. Because everything that goes into planning the content of a book is what is needed also for addressing the needs of a specific audience and being able to market to them. Mm -hmm. so, so I imagine that all... Oh. Go ahead. I, I view people, when they decide to write a book, they are establishing a secondary business. Like the book in itself is a business and needs a plan for mm. success. So the actual writing of the book is a business. Yes. Yeah. And, okay. And having the book and once it's published as well. Right. What are you going to do right. with it? How does it work into your business? So I'm guessing you would recommend uh, that people read your book, Expert Book, Planning Made Simple, the best ever guide to writing your book uh, to create that plan. Absolutely. And it's, that book is um, mostly, there's a lot of writing in it, um, but there's a lot of um, hands-on exercises to help make that clarity um, more vivid in people's minds. Absolutely. Yeah, and clarity is important no matter what no matter what road you're going down. It helps to have some clarity as you start on the process. Absolutely. 
So as you said earlier, there's less stigma about self-publishing now, and it even seems to be the preferred way for a lot of authors. What are some considerations when deciding whether to go the traditional way or to self-publish? So there's two things that I would encourage people to think about. It's the level of control they want about the content of the book and how to use that content in the future. And also the actuality of getting the book done and they make and published available to people in the market. There is still people, there's a fantasy out there of people thinking, well, if I can just get a traditional publisher to take my book, I don't have to do anything. They will take care of everything. And I want to repeat that that is a fantasy. (laughs) Because one of the, if somebody's publishing a nonfiction book, they sell the book to, um, through an agent to a publisher by writing a book proposal. And basically the book proposal is a business plan. And one of the key pieces of that proposal that a, a publisher will look at is your marketing plan as an author. You know, what kind of reach do you have? What platform do you bring with you? How many people are on your mailing list? How many um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter followers do you have? Because what they're looking for are sales. Publishers are about selling books. And they want the author to bring a built-in market with them or they're not going to publish the book. So... When people self-publish, it's a way for them to start to establish that platform because a lot of people don't have one. They don't, they, don't, they don't have much of a following, and they, by writing the book, they start to develop that and over time may attract the interest of a, of a, of a traditional publisher. So then the other piece, when I go back and talk about the control, if and when somebody does get a contract with a publisher, they want to, the publisher will drive a lot of the control of what the content of the book is. And one cautionary thing that I would encourage people who are considering it or have a contract in hand is what is the publisher asking in terms of rights to the, con- to the content? Some contracts will say you can't repurpose this content at all. So you're basically Mm. selling all the content to the publisher and that's an issue for people. They want to be able to use this content, their own content that they've developed over a professional lifetime. They want to be able to use it. That's their expertise. So people should be really aware of what's in the contract. Yeah, that's a good point because of course, there's so many different ways to repurpose that content. You can have magazine excerpts of the book, or you can turn, mm-hmm. you know, have a, a lot of times a book is, is a compilation of blog posts or other oh, articles okay. that you've written. And if you're signing all that over, um, what does that mean? Right. You can't, right. if you don't have control over that. Um, and I, you're right. I think a lot of people don't think about that. One other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to ask you about is, once you develop your platform, right? So if you if you write a book and you market it heavily and you develop this platform and then you attract the attention of the traditional publisher, 
does it ever make sense to actually do that? Because if you've already done the work to create the audience and and establish yourself as a credible author, um, why what under what circumstances would you want to uh, then sign up with a traditional publisher? Is it more to, for international distribution, or what would be the advantage of that? You know, I guess the advantage to that would be wider reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that it would be wider reach that you wouldn't necessarily have access to on on your own. But that that would be the reason. But if somebody is being very successful at selling um, books, I'm not sure with why they would go with a traditional publisher if they're reaching their their target um, audience um, quite well so um, yeah that's wider reach I would think would be the only reason because you actually make more money off your books if you're selling them yourself right right so Hmm. so with so many people writing books today how do you distinguish yourself in the marketplace if you are going the self-publishing route? Let's say you write a book and you get it posted on Amazon and maybe you've got it in the e-reader catalogs. Um, how do you get people to find it? How do you how do you get people to buy it? How do you get some attention for it? It goes back to having a marketing plan. And again, which goes back to those basic planning questions when you start to think about writing a book. As an author having, as, and having a book, you must have a plan for reaching your audience. So, you know, it, it goes back to how, how, where is your audience? So part of knowing your audience is knowing where they hang out where they hang out in social media, where they hang out in networking events, in association um, events. Where do you have to show up and be active where your audience is, the people who are going to buy that book? So it comes back down to having a plan and how are you going to reach them? Do you want to go, you know, kind of the publicity route with um, press releases and ads and media attention or is it more about your 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 speaker and you go around the country speaking and part of your speaking contract is that whoever hires you buys a book for everybody that's going to be in the room mm-hmm. um is it, it so so there's a variety of different ways to capture people's attention and it all comes back to where is your audience and how do you will you reach them the most in the most effective way mm-hmm. having a marketing plan and all of that is detailed i would imagine in your expert book marketing made simple publicizing <laughs> and promoting your book absolutely it it is and where can people get those books both of these books are available on my website legacyoneauthors.com that's L-E-G-A-C-Y-O-N-E-A-U-T-H-O-R-S. 
LegacyOneAuthors.com. So besides your books, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Okay, this is, might sound kind of odd, but there was a book that changed my life that was published, first published in 1938, honestly. And it's called. And I know you, you weren't wanna... alive then to read it when it <laughs> first came out. <laughs> I, I was not, but I discovered this book when I was at Seattle University. And it's written by a woman. Her name is Brenda Uland. That's U E L A N D. And it's called If You Want to Write a Book About Art, Independence, and Spirit. And it, it really did change my life talks about how people who want to, everybody is talented and has something to say. And if you feel compelled and called to write, she gives a lot of good guidance about following through on, on that and the writing process. And I have, and you can still order it. So it's reprinted and I would highly recommend it to people. And, that's and then I have a whole bookshelf full of resources as well. So. Well, yes, don't we all, but <laughs> but it sounds like this one is a good one uh, for people to start with. It's called If You Want to Write, is that right? Yes, If You Want to Write. Right. Brenda Uland. You know, I think I actually have that book on my bookshelf somewhere. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great recommendation. Thank you. So awesome. you have an event coming up at the end of this month. Tell me about I that. I do. It's called the 2017 Expert Author Writing Summit, and it is an all-day event at the Heathman Hotel in Kirkland, Washington, from 8 to 6, and it is designed to help people walk through the planning process of a book. It's hands-on, roll-up-your-sleeves, and work kind of conference. I've got a a couple of really compelling speakers to help who have been through the writing process to share um, as well. But it, people will walk out there with a, a writing plan and a, knowing their purpose, their audience, and how they want to move forward to get the book done. That We'd love like to have people event. check it out. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I it's wish I be, could go. <laughs> I wish you could too. <laughs> yeah. So how can people find out more about uh, about that event if they're interested? They can um, look on this site. It's L-O-E-X-E-C dot com, as in Legacy One Executive dot com. So L-O-E-X-E-C dot com. And right there on the homepage is a link to the page about the Writing Summit. And if they're welcome to send me an email as well, and they can do it directly from that site. Excellent. And that's coming up on April 29th? Yes, Saturday, all day. And one thing, too, so we're going to work hard all day long, and then at 5 o'clock we're going to adjourn to a reception between 5 and 6. So, you know, some more d'oeuvres and wine and just as like a, a networking reception afterwards to debrief Excellent. the day and just have a good time. 
and mm-hmm. celebrate what you've accomplished because Absolutely. everyone will be so excited about the book they're going to go home and write. Yes, they will. So I would awesome. welcome anybody to who's interested to check it out. I would love to have them. Excellent. And the Heathman is a lovely hotel, too. Oh, it's a great hotel. I love that place. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Karen, for sharing that great information. Again, if you want to learn more about Carolyn Marr and her upcoming event, the website is loexec.com. Carolyn Marr, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you, Kate. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this week's program. If there's a particular topic you'd be interested in hearing about, go to my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions, and let me know. Next week, my guest will be Dr. Valerie Young. Valerie spent seven years commuting 90 miles a day to her corporate job before getting one of life's unwelcome wake-up calls. That was over two decades ago. Today, she is both the dreamer in residence at changingcourse.com, as well as an internationally recognized speaker and expert on something called the imposter syndrome. Valerie built not one, but two six-figure businesses, and in doing so, redefined what it means to be successful. Valerie is also the author of the award-winning book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women from Crown Publishing available in five languages and consistently on Amazon's top 100 books for women slash finance. I hope you'll join me. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success.